Well, good morning. It is so good to see each and every one of you as we gather for worship today. It's exciting to welcome those of you who are worshiping with us online. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Pete Moon, one of the pastors here, and we are thrilled to be in worship with you this day. Uh, today we are continuing our Advent theme entitled, I Can't Wait. And we have been reminded in these past weeks that we can't wait for hope, we can't wait for peace. And today we're going to be reminded that we can't wait for joy. And we're going to celebrate the gift of joy that God gives us, as Kelly preaches for us uh, this morning. We're excited for all of that. As we enter into this Advent season, we encourage and invite you to see the many things that are happening in our church through Advent. Uh, particularly, let me highlight a couple. Um, we are continuing with our Advent Christmas Eve offering. This is the opportunity to support all of our partner organizations, which we will, we will divide up our offering for these four organizations that do make such a difference in our local Richmond area. Uh, you can make a special offering to that online on the Give Now page, but we would welcome any contribution you can make to support uh, uh, these organizations as we strive to be a hub of hope, faith, and action in this place. We also want to highlight uh, that this, this afternoon we have a very special concert, and I want to invite Daniel to come up and say a word about that. So on this day of joy, I can't wait to tell you about this Christmas concert that's happening this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Uh, after two years of kind of reinventing the wheel with Christmas concerts, uh, you will finally be able to see what Christmas concerts used to look like pre-COVID here at Reveille with all of our children and youth and adults singing and ringing together. It's going to be just an amazing concert. We'll also have a guest orchestra. Uh, we have a guest uh, soloist from William & Mary named Christopher Mooney who is just fantastic. So I hope that all of you will come at 4 o'clock today. Please note that uh, for various reasons, we're not able to live stream this concert, uh, but if you can't make it this afternoon, please email Rachel in the church office and she'll be able to send you a recording of the concert next week. But don't do that. Come this afternoon in person, four o'clock, uh, because you're really gonna wanna be a part of this. I also encourage you to come at three o'clock for our open house in the Welcome Center. You'll be able to have refreshments and also the music of Matt Nagy, uh, which in and of itself is, is a great reason to come. So I, I really do hope to see you there this afternoon. It's gonna be a joyous occasion. And let me echo that, how excited I am for that concert and with a word of encouragement that uh, for all of us to invite our friends and our family to come and join us, not only for the concert, but for the many things through Advent and for our Christmas Eve services. The Lord be with you.
the sun rises, what shall we sing? My soul magnifies the Lord. And when chaos and violence fill the news, what shall we declare? My soul magnifies the Lord. For our God is a God of justice and peace. My soul magnifies the Lord. So when all is wrong or all is right, my soul magnifies the Lord. We will wait for many things, but we will no longer wait for joy. We will choose to delight in which is good. This week, we light the candle of joy to remind us that darkness does not have the last word. May this light guide and inspire us as we work to spread God's joy and delight through the world. Amen. Please stand. into God's grace. Holding on to that truth, let us join together uh, offering the prayer of confession that you'll find printed in your bulletin. We confess in front of God and this church that we are quick to complain, quick to criticize, and quick to conform. We are quick to forget, quick to doubt, and quick to deny. Instead of singing praise like Mary, we often remain silent. Forgive us, we pray. Open our hearts, our minds, our ears, and our eyes to notice the good and beautiful gifts you give us every day. Open our lips that we too might proclaim the goodness of your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
The scriptures assure us that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Friends, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As people who have been forgiven and redeemed, we invite you to share the peace of Christ with your neighbor. come up. These children are going to stay right here, and the rest of you can come join us on the steps for our children's message. I have uh, two friends who are coming, and they're going to help me to tell the story to you of the baby Jesus. So you can sit down if you want to. I mean, yeah, might be more comfortable. So if everyone comes up, it's a very exciting story that we have today. Who do I have here? Who do you see? Yes, it's Mary and an angel. And the first part of Luke's gospel, the angel Gabriel comes and the angel says to... You will have a baby named Jesus. So the baby, the angel says to Mary, you will have a baby and you will name him Jesus. And at first, Mary is scared. She's like... 
what is happening here? I have an angel standing in front of me telling me this. How can this be? But then the angel reassures her that it is all a part of God's plan and that it is a good plan because all gifts from God are good gifts. And so eventually Mary says, let it be. Let it be. Those famous words, let it be with me. She agrees to follow God's plan, even though she doesn't know exactly where it will end. And so I have a present for you today, but there are so many of you. I may need help passing this out. So if you have been here the previous weeks, we have this for you today. And if you have not been here and you need pieces from other weeks, we have those also. So while my helpers hand those out, let us pray together. Can you guys repeat after me? Holy God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for angels who announce good news. And we thank you for Mary who said, let it be. Help us to share your love and joy with all the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're all going to sit down still um, unless you are playing bells. And then you can go stand where you need to play bells. So everyone's going to stay here and we're going to listen to them play bells if we're not bell players. Please join me in praying the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. O mighty one who scatters the proud and fills the hungry, by your Holy Spirit, let your word leap in us and bring to our yearning the joy that comes with new beginnings and renewed lives. Amen. Today's first lesson is from the book of Isaiah chapter 35, the first 10 verses. It's found on page 578 in your pew Bibles. Here God's people face the threat of conquest, and yet the prophet offers a vision of salvation and renewal under the Lord. 
The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And it follows the passage that we talked about in the children's message. This is the Visitation and the Magnificat. If you'd like to follow along, you can find it on page 831 in your Pew Bibles. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has, your, and why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Holy God, you are our guide and ultimate assurance. By your Holy Spirit, open to us your promises and plans. Fill our hearts with boldness and love so that we may cooperate with your spirit in the transformation of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you dreaming big enough? Let me say that again. Are you dreaming big enough? This is the question we ponder today on the third Sunday in Advent. When Advent originally became a part of the Christian liturgical calendar, 
the planners intended for this season to be more like the season of Lent. It was to be a season in which we spent time repenting so that our hearts could be ready for Jesus' coming. So instead of rushing around and going to parties and buying presents, we were to repent. But the third Sunday was a special Sunday named Gaudete Sunday or Rejoice Sunday. It was a day to take a break from repenting and to rejoice in the good news that Christ was to be born. On the way, on one way, this day is distinct, is that we use a different color. If you look at the Advent wreath, you'll notice that the color is pink. So it stands out. It's a different Sunday during this season. But more importantly, it stands out because it is a day that we are to rejoice in the knowledge and hope that God will bring about a reversal, that there will be a day when the suffering will no longer exist, the hungry will be fed, and the lowly will be lifted up, and justice will reign here on earth as it does in heaven. In pondering this question, are we dreaming big enough? Keep in mind that God's plan is big, really big, immense, in fact. The Holy Spirit is always inviting us to participate in God's plan, and this invitation intertwines privilege, responsibility, and joy. Barbara Brown Taylor describes the relationship as a dance. She writes, in this divine dance, we are all dancing. God may lead, but it is up to us whether we will follow. Just because God sends an angel to invite one girl onto the dance floor is no guarantee she will say yes. Just because God sends a prophet to tell us how life on earth can be more like life in heaven does not mean that any of us will quit our day jobs to make it so. God acts, then it is our turn. God responds to us, then it is our turn again. The only thing that is absolutely sure in this scenario is that we have a partner who is with us and for us, who wants us to have life. Mary accepts God's invitation. She dances, but not just any old dance, an extraordinarily challenging, yet beautiful and tender dance. Because she ascends to God's plan, many refer to Mary as a model of female discipleship. But Mary is more than that. She is a model for all disciples everywhere who accept God's invitation and go places they would never have imagined. The first part of our scripture for today is the part where Mary visits Elizabeth, and it is known as the visitation. This is one of the most joy-filled, loving, and intimate scenes in the entire Bible. The scene begins when Mary, a very young, pregnant teen, travels a great distance to see her older, more mature, and experienced cousin, who is also expecting. In the scene, Elizabeth serves as Mary's spiritual guide, or as the Irish refer to it, her Anamkara, or soul friend. As Mary greets Elizabeth and steps across the threshold into her home, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. This leap reveals that Gabriel's announcement has come to pass. Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, exclaims, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. So three times the word blessed is repeated. In analyzing this encounter, Dr. Renita Weems writes, It's not coincidental that Mary and Elizabeth become pregnant at right about the same time. Everything was in God's timing. God knew that Mary would need a confident, spiritual companion and wise soul to reach out to. And God knew that Elizabeth would need a friend who would be happy for her, that her prayers were answered. Someone else familiar with God's mysterious timing. Each confirmed for the other that with God all things are possible, especially new beginnings. 
Susan Robb notes about this scene, that this is the first example of what Christian community should be for one another, a community that waits together in mutual faith and encouragement for the promise of what has been conceived in them. I wonder what new beginnings, what new promises are being conceived and birthed here in our midst today. Immediately following Elizabeth's proclamation of blessing, Mary burst into song, a song that recalls Hannah's prayer and Miriam's song in the Old Testament. This song, which encompasses politics, ethics, social structures, and economics, is known as the Magnificat for the Latin version of the first verse. Joy fills this song, not because it denies the suffering that is a part of life, but because it celebrates God's justice, compassion, and loving tenderness, not as future events, not as prophecy or prediction, but as a description of what is present here and now, of events that have already come to pass. So Mary speaks in the past tense, not the future tense. With the passion of prophets before her, Mary extols God's care for the poor and the outcast. As she draws upon her scriptures, she begins to prophesy a new world shaped by the Hebrew faith and formed according to God's intentions, where the high are brought low and the lowly exalted. She praises God's faithful covenant to Israel and announces Luke's primary theme for the entire gospel, the great reversal. To us, this looks like a world turned upside down, but to Mary, who has the eyes of faith to see, it is a world turned right side up. Because God has acted mightily in the past, Mary trusts God is acting now in this new thing that God is doing in and through Jesus, the Christ. Mary's song, we have to admit, makes many of us, including me, in this room feel slightly uneasy. Susan Robb puts it this way. While many of us don't sit on thrones, Many of us do wield power in one way or another. And those of us in America, compared to people in most countries, are considered rich. Being sent away hungry does not sound like a good thing to me, she writes of herself. It's not something I have hoped for. But what if we look at the scripture in a slightly different light? We who have power, who have more than enough materially, can humble ourselves to bring the justice that God seeks. We can share our power with those whose voices go unheard. We can humble ourselves and share the good things we have been given. Or we can be humbled. The way we live our lives is a choice. We can live in fear of scarcity, or we can trust in God's abundant provisions. Mary an unwed pregnant teen chooses to trust that God, the source of our being, is enough. This trust enables her to rejoice in the knowledge that the details of her life connect to God's bigger plan for the transformation of the world. It enables her to dance with God. Over the years, many saints, both those with a capital S and those with a lowercase s have said yes to God's invitation to dance without knowing exactly where the dance will lead. In the Bible, we have Abraham and Sarah, among others. In Genesis 12, God tells Abraham to go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. And Abram goes. His willingness to go out and trust leads to Abram's blessing and also the blessing of all of his descendants. Our tradition tells us a story of St. Columcill, who is one of the three patron saints of Ireland. He responded positively to God's invitation to go as well. St. Columcill was born into a family of kings, but his family took him to a monastery at a young age. 
Eventually, he went on to found numerous monasteries throughout Ireland. But eventually, he felt God calling him to leave Ireland and all that was familiar. So his call was like Abraham's. This call to radical dependence on God and to exile reminds us of Mary's journey. Mary had to go to Bethlehem, to a place where she knew no one and give knew no one and give birth to a child in a manger, relying completely on the hospitality of strangers. St. Columcell's journey took him to a small island off the coast of Scotland named Iona. On this island, Columcell and 12 other monks birthed a monastery that quickly became the heart of Celtic Christianity, and Iona continues to thrive today. In our denomination also, we have a story about John Wesley. He felt God calling him to come and preach here in America to people who had not yet heard the gospel. But his trip here was an abysmal failure. It was not successful at all, and he returned home. He was depressed. He questioned his faith. But once he was back in England, he was very faithful about his spiritual disciplines, and he reached out to friends who continued to be faithful supporters of him and helped him to grow in his faith. Eventually, his faith increased so much that he became an amazing preacher, and many people were converted listening to his sermons, and they went out and shared the good news until there are United Methodist churches all over the world today. Another point to note about Mary's story is that often God chooses to dance with those that society would be the last to think that God would choose as a dance partner. This week on Wednesday night, Kristen Green, author of The Devil's Half Acre, spoke to a gathering of our partner churches and members of our community here in our fellowship hall. She told us about Mary Lumpkin, a black woman who was born into slavery in 1832. Mary was forced by her owner, Robert Lumpkin, to bear the first of his five children when she was just 13. And this was all here in Richmond. Through her tenacity, Mary survived living in the jail, which was a horrible place. But she went on, she had a vision and a dream that her children would be educated and her children would be free. And so she found a path to freedom for them. After her husband's death, so right after the Civil War in 1866, her husband died and she inherited his property. Two years later, she helped a white Baptist missionary turn this property, which was known as the Devil's Half Acre, into a place that was became known as God's Half Acre. It was a place, it was a school for freed slaves where they could become educated and be people who were fulfilled and their dreams might be lived out. This school became Virginia Union. University, which is one of America's historically black colleges and university. So it was founded by a former slave here in Richmond. Talk about a reversal. A place of suffering, degradation, and pain becomes a site for education, joy, and freedom. This is good news. The angel's annunciation to Mary ask her to surrender herself to something far beyond her imagining. Knowing she will play a role in Jesus' birth does not mitigate the demand she will face as a single pregnant teen. Joy is not the absence of struggle or conflict. Joy comes in our knowledge that we are connected to a greater story and that we can hope for more than can be seen now and to the knowledge that God is present with us both when we sorrow and when we are filled with joy. During this season of Advent, let us take time each day to rejoice in the knowledge that Christ was born and Christ will come again because God so loves the world. Let us make time to connect with our friends, our family, our community, and with God. For all, often we get so caught up in picking the perfect Christmas gifts, 
arranging the best parties and cooking special dishes that we neglect what really matters most. Christine Baltner's painter puts it this way, in a world that rushes through life, never pausing or resting, love can get squeezed out. We can forget what is of fundamental importance and feel cynical about the world. Love, intimacy, and community, these are all Christ's values. God is love. Humans are capable of love because we are created in God's image. Love is powerful and strong, and it has the capacity to bring about transformation. God's Holy Spirit is continually working in our hearts and minds, inviting us into a loving relationship with God and neighbor. God invites us to love. The most beautiful of human challenges is to let love happen, to accept God's invitation and cooperate with the Holy Spirit's love and grace. The most powerful of divine promises is that love will happen. Let us be the ones to partner with God, to dance and to dream big, and in so doing, to say yes to holy birthing the way Mary herself did. May our souls magnify the Lord and our spirits rejoice in God our Savior. Amen. Christians all rejoice. Let us stand and sing. Let us affirm our faith using the modern affirmation 885. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose only faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the true Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen.
may be seated. Let us pray. Oh God, you are the one who provides justice in the midst of injustice. You are the one who feeds the hungry and lifts up the lowly. We magnify your name this day, and we rejoice this day. O oh God, you are Emmanuel, God with us. And you are with us in all circumstances of our lives. You are with us no matter whether we feel your presence or not. We magnify your name and rejoice this day. Hear now our prayers that we lift up for the world around us. We pray for anyone who is sick this day. We pray for those who are dealing with COVID, for those who have the flu or RSV or who just may be dealing with a common cold. We pray for those who are facing surgery. We pray for those who are recovering from surgery. We pray for those who may be in hospice this day. Give them all your strength, your healing, and your peace. We pray for anyone who is grieving this day, and especially we lift up to you Kathy Beasley and her family, and Amy Andrews and her family. Bring comfort and peace to all those who grieve. We pray for the world around us. We pray for peace in the midst of war and conflict as we continue to remember and pray for the people in Ukraine. We pray for all those who may be facing dangerous winter weather or who are dealing with any sort of natural disaster. Protect them and be a source of help for them. We pray this day, O oh God, for the church. And we lift up to you our partner churches in Swansburg, Koinonia Christian Church, and Love Center of Unity. And we rejoice and give thanks for our partnership and ministry with them. And we pray for them, for Reveille, and for the Church Universal, that we would be a means through which your love is shared in the world around us. And now, O oh God, in the silence of our hearts, we lift up to you any personal concerns that we may have.
Hear our prayers this day, O God. And we thank you and we rejoice as well for all signs of new life in the world around us. And especially we pray for the birth of Mason Perry. We give you thanks for his birth and for the new life in the Perry family. Hear our prayers this day, O God, and we pray that you would fill us all with your hope, with your peace, with your joy. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And as we continue to respond to the word read and the word proclaimed, I invite our ushers to come forward now that we may return our gifts back to the Lord. Thank you for your generosity.
Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for all the many gifts and blessings in our lives. We remember and acknowledge this day, oh God, that there is no person, that there is no gift that you cannot use and bless to bring life and joy and love into this world. So take these gifts that we return back to you this day. Bless them that they may be a means through which love and life and joy are brought into the world around us. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let us sing together our final hymn, number 246. As you go forth this day looking for joy or peace or hope in this Advent season, we invite you to come back to our Christmas concert at 4 o'clock this afternoon and bring a friend with you. And as you go forth, 
May the blessing of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer be with you now and always. Amen. Thank you.